Now let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more. Hey guys, it's Friday. Welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on Red Velvet Media Network. Hopefully my co-host um, will be calling in Spencer Drake. Um, I wanted to let everyone know we have a very special guest in the studio today. And um, I'm going to bring Crispin into the studio and he's going to tell you a little bit about the work he's done and what he's doing. He's played with so many legendary um, artist and he's um, done so many things producing and everything and uh, I'm going to bring him on because I know there's so many different stories and questions I have for him so let me bring him into the studio and we tried to have the music uh, playing ahead of time but for some reason my studio is not cooperating with me today um, welcome to the show Crispin are you there it's Holly hi yes I am Holly hi <laughs> great Hey, listen, I wanted to let everyone know also, if you'd like to call in, the number is 347-677-1036, and uh, this show will be available again afterwards on iTunes and also on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. So, Crispin, I'm so honored to have you back. I've had we've I've had you on the show before, and uh, we talked a lot about, you know, your music and the things that you were doing then, and I know that you've done so much more now, and uh, you've played with so many legendary people and, and worked with, I mean, Uptown Horns and then, your you know, your own projects, but also, you know, um, working with some of the top-tier artists, including yourself, I'd say you are. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about that and then a little bit about some of the other things you're doing, like... Uh, um, that you're doing stuff at the Kennedy Center and also doing music for soundtracks and stuff like that. So, um, sure. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So let's start about um, you know how how first of all you got into music and and then how it progressed for our listeners listening well, today. Sure. Um, yeah. I've- Pretty much for the most part, I grew up in uh, the Detroit, in Michigan, in Detroit area, mm-hmm. um, in the Motown era. So I think that had a big influence on me. Um, oh yeah. And I went to uh, I went to college at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, not for music really, but by the time I was done there, I really was decided that I wanted to be a musician. Uh, so. Uh, I, I went to Michigan to study writing and film, but um, I had played clarinet when I was oh, a kid. Really? So mm-hmm. um, after that, I went to music school a little while in Detroit at Wayne State University, and then I went to Berkeley School of Music in Boston for a year, and then I ran out of money, and I started playing uh, everywhere I could, and that's pretty much it. Um, uh, played in bands. Eventually, uh, back in Michigan and in New England, um, my best friend growing up was um, a guy you may have already talked to, uh, James Montgomery, 
from Boston. Oh yeah. He's got the James Montgomery Blues Band. He and I actually grew up in in Detroit together. Um, went to high school together. Had our high school band, um, which was a jug band called the Milk River Sheiks. And oh really? Stayed, oh wow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We stayed friends all through um, our life. To this day, we still play music together. I'm going to play mm-hmm. with him uh, in June. I'm, I'm going to be playing a concert with him up in New England. Um, so. Eventually, I, I, after living in a few different places, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Boston, mm-hmm. um, Madison, Wisconsin, I I moved to New York. And um, uh, for about four years, I was playing on my own, getting to know people, starting to get a few sessions. And I also used to write about music, actually, once I got to New York. Oh, really? Of, yeah, oh, wow. I wrote about music for a lot of magazines, freelance. Mm-hmm like um, High Fidelity and Stereo Review, Tiger Beat. Oh, magazine, really? Oh, yeah, magazine. I remember those yeah. magazines. Wow. Well, in those days, That's back so then, cool. they didn't really, there weren't many writers who wrote about music who were also mm-hmm. really were musicians. So I got sent out on to do stories um, where they figured maybe, you know, because I'm a musician, I might, you know, be able to, you know, know a little bit more about some of the stuff I was writing about. So I went sure. to Jamaica. <laughs> I went to Jamaica <laughs> for the first reggae sunsplash, where I met. Ooh, uh, Bob, I love that. Yeah, I met Bob Marley and Peter Tosh. Nice. Um, I wrote about that mm-hmm. for a couple of magazines, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, I was playing a lot at the same time. And you know how I met Spencer was um, in the late seventies. I um, I was playing with a great singer songwriter named Carolyn Moss, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got signed, you know, we did, in those days we did showcases, you know, she had a manager, and she got signed to Mercury Records, and we made three albums. But the guy who made all her album covers was Spencer, Spencer Drake. Oh, yeah, and definitely. That's how I met Spencer for the, all those oh, years wow. ago. Um, that's and then around, amazing. Yeah. Wow. Around 1980 or so, mm-hmm. um, I met three other guys, um Horn players, Arno Hecht, us another sax player, yeah, like me, and um, Bob Funk is a trombone player, and our original mm-hmm. trumpet player was named Paul Literal, and he was replaced a few years later by um, Larry Edkin, and we just decided um, we were going to form a horn section with the four of us, and it was around the time of punk and new wave in New York, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but we thought, you know, even though there didn't seem like there were a lot of horns doing stuff in pop music and rock and roll. We thought, you know, now's a good time. So uh, we started up a jam session party called the Uptown Horns Party once a week at a great oh, nightclub, nice. in, night, nightclub in New York called um, oh. Tramps. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. We did that for wow. two years. And then uh, we, through that we met uh, the Jay Giles Band, and they took us on the road. Mm-hmm. And that was our first big tour. How uh, cool is that, that? That was great. That was <laughs> wow. when they had freeze frame and centerfold, you know, come mm-hmm. out. So, And then, you know, at the same time, we were starting to get recording sessions. Um, I think some of the early albums we played on together as, a, as the Uptown Horns was, um, were uh, an album by Iggy Pop um, called Party. Yep. And... Uh, and 
through the 80s, we just kept doing that a lot, touring and, and playing on records, and I think that's how we got our name out there. We played on, um, well, we toured after. We toured with the Giles Band. We tour, toured with um, uh, Robert Plant and the Honey Drippers. Um, Love that. Yeah, definitely. Remember him? I can hear that. Not remember him, but remember the Honey Drippers. That was that record. I remember, yeah. yeah, And I remember remember the music. It just sounded so different. And that was probably from your influence and playing with it. Yeah, definitely. It was such a great sound. Yeah. It is. And we did uh, put on a lot of records. As I said, we did. um, We met a great producer who's unfortunately passed away, but. He's remembered mm-hmm. um, by everybody who knew him, named Dan Hartman. And, uh, oh, yeah, while we on, yeah. While we were on the road, I think it was with the Honey Drippers, um, he called us and he said he had a session in, in L.A. and we were out there in California. So we went to the studio and it turned out to be James Brown. Um, oh, wow. Live, Living in America. And, um, I love that song. Yeah, it was a. Uh, That's great. I, guess, I, I can guess. hear your influences on that. I could definitely hear your influences on that because I, I've heard that song and what a strong horn section that has. Wow. That's great. Well, he didn't even, James wasn't on any label then, but uh, Sylvester Stallone had asked Dan Hartman to write and produce a song for Rocky IV, the movie. And that oh, was yeah. The song. That was the song. Yeah. Um, and then. That was a big. That went to number one on the charts. So I did the mm-hmm. sax solo on that song, and we and together we arranged the horns, the four of us, with Dan, and that led to an album with James Brown, where we really were in the studio with him back in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And around that period, other things, records we played on were um, a song called "Love Shack" by the B-52s. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we oh we did a version in that period of uh, Unchain My Heart uh, with Joe with, Cocker. Oh yeah, uh, Joe Cocker. Yeah. That was the Ray and Charles I, tune. And somewhere and around in with there. Tom Waits? We did. We I did an album called Tom Rain Dog. Yeah. Rain Dog. Wow. It was a great album. Mm. He was amazing to work with. And then right right around that time, we got a call out of the blue from uh, Mick Jagger asking us if we wanted to join the Rolling Stones on their Steel Wheels tour. Um, oh, wow. What a great, what a great call. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And we had about, we had about uh, 24 hours to make the decision, but we, mm-hmm. you know, we you know, definitely wanted to do it. So I think two days later mm-hmm. we were on the road for a year and we did. Uh, oh my gosh. We did a hundred around 120 shows with them around the world um, and a live album and an IMAX film. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, at the same song. time, you know, we were continuing, uh, we were, as a, as a horn section, we were continuing to write music for ourselves and our band and we made an album called The Uptown Horns Review that was um, kind of a blues R&B album but we asked a lot of people we had become friends with to play and sing on the album some of those people were keith richards he played on one song we wrote um that peter wolf sang um called trust me oh really trust me and uh 
we had Bernard Fowler singing on the record. We had Albert mm-hmm. Ru- Albert Collins, the late great Albert Collins, mm-hmm. on two songs. Um, and at the same time, I was writing a lot <clears throat> of songs, and uh, somewhere in that period, I started getting into doing here and there a little bit of, of music for independent films, um, especially songs, and that led in, uh, to you know doing the real song soundtracks for a few independent films. One of them is called Bernsey's mm-hmm. Last Call. And um, it, uh, it was a small small independent film, came out in in the late 90s, and uh, I actually did a soundtrack album for that that very recently, a couple of years ago, um, reverted back to uh, me and the director of the film. So we put it up on... Um, online you know on the internet for streaming mm-hmm. and download and um mm-hmm. it's available uh at you know spotify or or um itunes or cdbaby.com mm-hmm. it's called bernsey's last call and one of the songs i just finished a couple of months ago doing a video for that song and it was a song oh, I really wrote. i wrote the song with um with uh george gilmore who was the screenwriter of the film and with david johansson who was in the film, and uh, David sang the song, and I did a video for it. So it's on YouTube now. It's called Space Monkey by David. Yeah, Jones. that's the song that that was one yeah. of the songs that we were trying to um, uh, upload. Plus, also right. started up, which is so such a beautiful was, song, by the way. That was a lot of fun because yeah. in this movie, which most the movie takes place in a bar <clears throat> in downtown New mm-hmm. York, and. Um, when I looked at the rough footage of the movie with the director, I, I said, uh, you know, all the music in this film could be coming from that old jukebox in the corner, um, like songs, you know. And uh, Oh, yeah. It, it was a low-budget movie. They couldn't afford to buy, you know, well-known songs. So I wrote and co-wrote um, a bunch of songs with asked people to, you know, be on the record uh, for this film. And... Besides David Johansson, I, we did a song with Debbie Harry, and oh great, uh, Graham, Graham Parker did a great song, and these are all on this on this album that's on up on you know on Spotify and iTunes now. Um, oh great, so that was a great experience, well, we, and, and it's it's great that now after all these years, um, it's out mm-hmm. there you know for people to listen to and watch the video. Um, oh yeah, and. Um, so Do you have a website we can I'm give sorry? real quick? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. There's a little lag today, too. So okay. I wanted to ask you, um, let's give your website out real quick because I think it's, it's really um, important. And, uh, yeah. Yes. It's Crispin Music. One word, C-R-I-S-P-I-N-M-U-S-I-C dot com. Perfect. That's perfect. Um, the, and then the album, they can get the, all your updates album, and stuff there. Right. And um, that album for that soundtrack, Bernsey's Last Call, is on CDBaby.com. Mm-hmm. Also, my band, I have my own band. I started um, yep. in the aughts called Cracked Ice. And Love it. There are There is music on, in the same places, Spotify, CDBaby.com, and mm-hmm. iTunes, all the all the you know outlets online, and uh, that album is called Soul Noir, and mm-hmm. it is by my band Cracked Ice. Beautiful. I wrote all the songs. 
wrote all the songs. Yeah. Um, Beautiful music. Beautiful music. And, um, Who played with you on that? I'm sorry? Who played with you on that one? On oh, on Brad Geist? Um, mm-hmm. Well, uh, my band, members of my band, which has changed a little bit over the years, but the basic band um, was um, uh, Ivan Bodley on bass and mm-hmm. um, Susan Diedrichson and Brent Carter, the vocalist. Brent um, is now singing with... Um, the the average white band when he's around oh really in our in our area he he still performs mm-hmm. with us um, and the guitar player is a guy named John Putnam who um, mm-hmm. great 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 guitar player um, keyboard player um, on the record is Charlie Giordano who is uh, who's been with Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band for several years um, he took over when Danny passed away and he plays Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great keyboard player, but he also plays incredible accordion. Um, so he did all the keyboards on the record. And uh, Robin Gould is the drummer, who is with oh, nice. these days. He's he's playing a lot these days with um, Shamika Copeland, the blues singer. Oh wow! Um, so those were the people on the record. It's a lot of soul R and B duets with Brent and um, great. Susan mm-hmm. singing. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, as I got, as I was writing more, um, you know, I ended up doing more and more projects of my own. So we still do, we still, of course, do stuff with the Uptown Horns. Um, sure. You know, we still record, um, you know, sessions for people and, and play with people. But, um, we also, all four of us also do a lot of stuff on our own these days. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I perform these days live quite a bit with um Darlene Love. Um, oh wow. Okay. Who is, you know, amazing amazing singer. I've known her a long time. Yeah. And uh the you know, I just recently worked with her um I think I think the last time I played with her was a few weeks ago and I have an upcoming show with her in Rhode Island and uh over the summer we're doing a bunch of shows and we did um you know, she had that great Christmas album with Phil Spector. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So every, yeah. she played every year she did the Letterman show when he was on TV. And now mm-hmm. that he's he's retired, we do The View. We we play that song on The View every year at Christmas that's time. That's great. Which is Christmas Baby, that's Please fantastic. Come Home. So see, um, that's like a little bit of a, le- a little bit of a thing, you know, you've created your own stuff. You know, yeah. what I wanted to say to you was um, you mentioned a couple things. I wanted to interject here. First, sure. you mentioned that you played with um, – first of all, I want to know, what was it like playing with Clarence? Because I knew Clarence really well. And uh, well, what a great man. Yeah. He was the was, greatest. That uh, must have been interesting. Beautiful yeah. soul. Yeah, I loved him. Yeah. He, I first met him when I before I moved to New York. I was living in Boston and uh, playing in a band from Detroit originally called Radio King and his Court of Rhythm. And we used, we opened for Bruce um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a club. It was it was that many years ago, in a club in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And that's where I met Clarence. And then a few years later, like, you know, about, I don't know, seven years later or so, I was living in New York, and we'd started the Uptown Horns, 
and Clarence was getting ready to make his first solo album with the Red Bank Rockers. That was his band. And uh, the producer was a really great friend, old friend, Ralph Shuckett, and he um, he suggested that we play on the record. So we did a bunch of tracks on that album with Clarence and played some shows live with him. And then we stayed in touch over the years. We did another, you know, another, I don't know, like uh, maybe 15 years later, we did another live album with him from the Stone Pony, mm-hmm. recorded live at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. And Bruce and John Bon Jovi and Stephen Van Zandt uh, guest starred oh, wow. on that one. I so that would have loved to have been there. I would have that loved to have been there for that one. I have to tell you my Clarence Clemens story. Can I tell you? It's really sure. funny um, because yeah. I love saxophone and I love horns. And uh, one, it was like, oh, gosh, play, maybe like, uh, oh, I don't know how many years ago, but I was in the valley, um, in the San Fernando Valley, actually, driving mm-hmm. around, um, going somewhere. And I heard this, like, music, and I thought, ooh, somebody's playing some really good music, you know. And uh, it was just like a saxophone to the to the ninth, you know. It was just so beautiful. And it was getting louder and louder, and I was just, like, driving closer to it. And I got to the end of a cul-de-sac, and I, the music was coming down from below. And I looked down, and there was Clarence with, like, four or five other guys pra- playing saxophone under an overpass, okay, because the acoustics wow. were so good. He was playing down there and we became friends and it was just like I just was like over just like overjoyed I just sat there I must have sat there for like because they played for like four or five hours straight they were just doing all kinds of different music and stuff and it was it was like oh you had to be there a moment like many of the moments that you probably had yourself so I just like wanted to share that because it was just so beautiful because we became friends and then you know, when Clarence went to the next place, it was like all the lights went on the went out on the Jersey Shore. You know, I was just like so. I I just will never forget that day. But um, you're so lucky that you were able to you know play, and he was lucky that he had you because your music's so timeless. And um, you know, I know that you're working on other projects besides just your music. I know that you're like heading up uh, some of the um, Kennedy Center um, uh, well, concerts yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and for, um, teaching, I think. Well, for several years, I, I, for mm-hmm. several years, I've been the music director of a, a show on. It's once a year on PBS uh, nationally on stations called the Kennedy Center Mark Twain Prize for Humor. Oh wow! And uh, it's a lifetime achievement award to you know. Every year goes out to a, a, a great comedian or mm-hmm. comic actor. Um, so the last one I did was um, uh, Bill Murray got the award. So oh wow! For that, for that I have we and we do it at the Kennedy Center, and they were you know they show it on PBS stations all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a version of my band on stage, and I you know write and arrange the music for the show. Yeah, uh, you know, it's and it's shot in front of a live audience, you know, full house at the Kennedy Center. Um mm-hmm. I've been doing that for several years. And also uh working with the same producers, I have done uh two shows uh 
music directed two shows from the White House. Um, this oh was wow! During, this was during the Obama years. Um, Yay! One of the yeah, Sorry. one of them Yay. was uh, Yay. <laughs> the first one I did there was called the Gershwin Prize, uh, which is a lifetime achievement for um, songwriting. And that that oh, year nice. it went to it went to Carol King, so. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I remember um, that one. Yeah, that was a good okay. one. Okay. And I had a, yeah. I had another little I had a band on you know in the East Room of the White House we we filmed we uh, taped it, and uh, we had many special guests. Uh, besides having Carol King honoring her, we had Billy Joel and um, James Taylor. Oh wow! Nice. And. Uh, Trisha Yearwood, I think, was on it, and Gloria Stefan. So that was fun. And then a couple of years later, I did another one at the White House. This was towards the end of Obama's term, um, which mm-hmm. was a, a 50th anniversary of the National Endowment for the Arts. There was a tribute to that and American creativity. And that one, um, we also had James Taylor, Smokey Robinson, um, Ooh, Usher, Smokey Robinson, Usher was yeah. in it. Nice. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so yeah, when those things come along, I'm I love doing them. Uh, yeah, I mean that's like that's an honor. I mean, and and you have worked with other artists, I believe, as far as um, you know, promoting them and and working with them or producing them, haven't you? Weren't there some yeah, people well, that I mean, you worked um, with? Yeah. Lately, um, you know, uh, well, I. As I said, I, I I have been for the last few years working with um mm-hmm. a lot live with um uh Darlene Love, and mm-hmm. two two years ago we did a, an album with her that was produced by the great Steve Van Zandt. Um, oh wow! And uh, we did it. His he's got a studio in New York, um, and uh, we did the whole album there, and then we did some. A little bit of touring, you know, to promote the album in Atlantic City. I mean, uh, in Asbury Park and in Los Angeles. Nice. Um, and you know, it was a lot of fun. Steve, you know, thinks big, so it was like a lot of musicians and uh, horns and strings. Him. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that was fantastic. Uh, I I have done a lot of work in the last over the last, you know few years with a group um called the Scissor Sisters. Uh-huh. Um they they never were quite as big in America as they uh have been overseas. They've been huge in Europe and Japan. Um and I played on a you know most of their albums and did a little bit of live stuff with them. Um and recently, you know where I saw Spencer recently in the last couple of months. What was I, that? I was mm-hmm. working at the at a, the City Winery in New York City with Alejandro uh-huh, yeah. Escovedo. And I um, love Alejandro. He was just out he great? here. I love he that and was his fantastic. Rest. Oh my gosh. I saw one a picture of you of you and he on your um Instagram right. and uh right. you know, he's such a great guy. Gosh, I'm gonna tell you the room was packed and there was such great energy, and he was playing that night with some other very legendary musicians, and it was just, like, so cool. And, yeah. uh, you know, for it to come here to this area. But, yeah, no, so, yeah, you were at the City Winery. I know Shlomo really well, so 
that's great. Um, that you know, that's a great venue. It is. I love it. There's, there's a great one in Boston mm-hmm. and Nashville mm-hmm. and Chicago. Yeah. Um, something else I've been working on um, now for a few years, but we're just about at the end of it, mm-hmm. and it's going to come out next year. Um, I met um, a long time ago. I used to play in a band with a band called Mink DeVille. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mink DeVille. Yeah. Spencer knows him that yes, very well. Yes, he does. Well, yeah. they were um, the lead singer and the and, you know the leader of the band. The guy who wrote all the songs was a guy named Willie Deville, and um, mm-hmm. in the '80s, especially in the early '90s, I played with them. I you know did some touring, um, and uh, <clears throat> the band broke up, and Willie kept going as Willie Deville for many years. He lived to be about 59, I think. He died mm-hmm. in 2009. Um, but uh, I, he was always one of my favorite singers of all. You know, I've worked with a lot of singers. Really? A lot of great ones. Yeah. But something about Willie was made him really special as a as a writer, songwriter, and a vocalist. So I met a, um, a, a documentary filmmaker named Larry Locke, and we got to mm-hmm. be friends. And he, he decided he wanted to make a documentary about the life and times of Willie DeVille. Um named after one of Willie's songs called Heaven Stood Still. And we've been working on that for about six years. You know, it takes a long time if you're, you know, if you're doing it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I know. We we now have a a really great trailer, and we've been sending that around, and we've gotten some financial backing to to finish the film, you know, with publishing rights and everything. So I think it's going to be in festivals early next year in 2019. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, we interviewed all kinds of great people that, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, that some of whom I knew and the director didn't, so I helped. I'm sort of the co-producer of the film. And, oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, we uh, we talked with the great Benny King, you know, who who passed away not too really? long ago. Really? Yeah, he, he, no, he I loved know that. Willie. Yeah. He, he loved mm-hmm. Willie. Um, we talked, uh, with, you know, various people he worked with, musicians, um, you, you know, people in the business, uh, and, and we got a lot of great concert footage that was really donated to us by, you know, especially from a couple of European companies that made films oh, sure. with Willie. So, um, you know, we we can't wait to get that out because, um, I think, he, Willie was so great that I think even though he he wasn't widely known in this country, he was a big star in mm-hmm. Europe, and um, I think a lot of people would be will be you know flabbergasted when they when they see him oh, in, sure. on, in the film, you know. So we're excited. About and then that. they'll understand that. Yeah, they'll understand yeah. that whole you know thing because he did he was, have a vibe and he was very he special. Did. He very was one of the special. original. Um, Mink DeVille was one of the original five mm-hmm. bands that got signed out of yep. CBGBs, you know. So you yep. had Blondie and the Ramones and Television and Talking Heads and Mink DeVille. Um, and, so even though he came out of that scene, but it wasn't really a punk band. He was, Willie was more of a, you know, a great uh, songwriter, R&B, uh, R&B and yeah. rock and roller, you know. Um, yeah. So... So you know we're uh, we're excited about that, um, and you know I'm 
I live in Connecticut, about an hour outside of New York, um, mm-hmm. and I play all the, I play all the time with um, people I've met out here with bands and different people because there's nice. a great scene. There's a great scene here in Connecticut with um, oh, I bet um, great young younger musicians who are into the sort of the jam band scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so lately, um, I've been playing with a couple of those kind of bands, you know, when I can, um, and I, you know, it's exciting because, uh, you know, mostly these are musicians who, you know, are in, uh, great musicians, you know, great players and are inspired by music from all different times, you know, so, um, Oh, sure. I look forward to it. It's like music is timeless. Yeah, music yeah. is music is so timeless, you know. It's like uh you I know, for so. me, it's like I hear I hear a lot of the music that you have done and um a lot of the people that you've played with. I mean, I could just imagine what it was like going on tour with the Rolling Stones, working with James Brown, working with Joe Cocker. I mean, come on, Iggy Pop. You've also worked with Joan Jett. Um what did, we did you do yeah. with Joan? I'm sorry? Go ahead. What did you do with Joan? I'm sorry. Oh, did I cut out? You know, I apologize. On, we played on um on you know a lot of her records actually because um her manager producer Kenny Laguna and Joan really mm-hmm. liked the idea of taking the horn section, the Uptown Horns, and having us play along with the guitars, you know, to make them even bigger. You know. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So you know, we played mm-hmm. on songs like um, "I Hate Myself for Loving You," and you know, oh most, wow, a lot of her hits, a lot of her albums, and then we played live mm-hmm. with her too. Um, you know, we we would do gigs with her in the in the New York City area. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, that was great. I mean, she she's really inspiring. You know. Um, oh, very, very. Totally inspiring. committed to rock and roll. You know, I'm getting. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm getting word for that. Um, they are working. Oh, it looks like Started Up is finally uploaded. So we're going to be oh, able to play that song when we close. Yeah, they're okay. uh, working on trying to get the other one. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate sometimes the studio is uh, based on the East Coast. And right. um, a lot of times there's a crossover. But you know what I wanted to talk about really also sure. quickly was you had mentioned you had a couple gigs coming up, and I know that they're probably on your website, but why don't we talk about the one? You have one coming up, you said, I think, Saturday, right? Um, Tomorrow? No. Uh, I played last night, um, which oh, was Thursday, in, yeah. uh, in New York City. Thank at you a great for place calling. In the, uh, in the East Village called the the mm-hmm. uh, sidewalk cafe i played with my friend um paul wexler's band called wex wax and uh oh really at, at the at um sidewalk cafe which is uh on avenue a um and um let's see i played with a local band called funk floyd here in connecticut mm-hmm. which are these uh guys who um they're all in a bunch of different bands around here, original bands, but they do this project where they do Pink Floyd stuff, but they really oh, yeah. it up. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they're getting a little following here in Connecticut. So I, I worked with them recently. Um, 
And let's see, on May 19th, I will be with um, Darlene Love in uh, mm-hmm. at a, a theater in, uh, I think it's West Greenwich, Rhode Island. Um, okay. And uh, let's see. Uh, and I will also be with Darlene, you know, um, at various places in the New York City area around the summer. Um, on June 29th, I believe, um, mm-hmm. I will be performing um, in New Haven, Connecticut, with my friend James Montgomery and the James Montgomery oh, nice. band as a special Love guest. James. Yeah. And and with um, an amazing uh, woman friend named uh, Christine Olman, O H L M A N. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who is the? Wow. She's the she's the regular um, singer with the band on Saturday Night Live for um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for over the last ten years, fifteen years. Um, she's an amazing singer, and uh, that's going to be a special concert in New Haven. Um, let's see. Uh, that's 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 what's off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, you've you know. done so much, and you know, I I want to thank you for calling in after playing last night, because I know that you know it's really hard sometimes, and I you know there's so much about you that you know a, a lot of the listeners probably want to know, and and uh, you know, you know my, I myself I do, because yeah, I thought of, I thought of one other thing I forgot to mention. Yeah. Um, so I live in in Fairfield County. And um, mm-hmm. there's a great uh, little bar restaurant in in Southport, Connecticut, um, next mm-hmm. to the town where I live, Westport, uh, and it's called the Horseshoe Cafe. And every other month, I do a little thing there called Crispin and Friends. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we do like an hour set, and it's 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 the oldest continually operating bar, continuously operating bar in Connecticut. And, wow! Uh, so I think it started in 1929 or 30, and it was originally a um, like a you know ho- place where they did uh, shoot horses, you know, like um, mm-hmm. blacksmith. And uh, when prohibition ended, they turned it into a bar, and it's ne- it's never been closed since then. So it's a great historical oh, wow. place. A lot like of feature, history. They feature music. They feature music, mm-hmm. and with some of my pals out here, um, you know, uh, uh, Bill Noman, Ed Wright, and a great drummer named uh, Tiger McNeil, who has, had been with uh, Jose Feliciano playing drums for years. Um, Jose lives out here in Connecticut too. Uh, we do, oh, really? We do like, nice. We do like um, a little, you know one set of music that's kind of unusual stuff that we all like to play that you wouldn't hear other places. Mm-hmm. So I think the next the next one we have there at the Horseshoe is June uh, June 4th um, at 8 o'clock. So that's on my calendar. Um, and this is you know all on I your do? website, correct? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, if say? they're not, they will be soon. Um, okay. And... Another thing I do in the last few years that's a re- is sort of a, a ch- thing with the changing times, um, a lot of recording today that used to be in studios is 
takes place at home studios, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So for the last several years, um, well, actually for the last six or seven years, people people email me a rough cut of a song or whatever it is, and then I I have a home studio, so I put either horns or myself doing solos. You know, I overdub horns and sax solos on music, um, and uh, it's turned into something that I do actually, you know, regularly all the time. And, you know, it took me a minute to get used, because it used to be something, you know, these things were always in the studio. But oh, yeah. um, a lot of times if it's overdubs, whether guitar or saxophone or whatever, you know, they it happens where they actually send around the, the tracks and then you overdub them and send them back to them. I've been doing a lot of that, and um, I like it. It's a lot of fun. So that keeps me busy, too. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And, you know, I wanted to ask you with all of the stuff that you've done, and I know it's hard to really say one thing, um, do you have any special memories of anybody that you played with that you want to share with our listeners along the road, like, Anything from the Rolling Stones tour or playing with James Brown or Well, I have to Iggy. say, with the Rolling Stones, they were one of my favorite I bands. Bet. Always, you know, from from the time I, before I played music, you know, as a teenager. Um, so I think we did around 120 shows with them, and I don't think there was one bad show. So I was amazed at how consistently great they are every night. You know, they really... You know, they don't just walk through it. They really rock, you know. So that was that was what I took away from, you know, touring with them. Just a real commitment to music that they have. Um, and the friendship of them and, you know, Keith Richards lives in Connecticut. Um, and mm-hmm. getting to know him, you know, initially back then, uh, I was always so impressed with his constant, commitment to doing you know every day to to playing and and sort of living music every day you know and i think that was a big inspiration knowing that about him he um he is an amazing creature i'll tell you that he's a yeah yeah he uh Uh, otherwise you know i I love very much as i mentioned this guy willie deville he was inspirational to me i get a lot of inspiration from singers you know because the horn I play, the saxophone, is a lot like the human voice. So, you know, I've really listened and studied great singers always. And I always felt with Willie DeVille, <clears throat> when he was having a great show, I was, you know, sometimes it was hard to play because he was so inspiring, you know, just hearing him, the vibration of his voice. Um, and performance-wise, I would say that Jay Giles' band, in terms of rock and roll, with Peter Wolf was super inspiring because that was a group that in their heyday, they were getting like six or seven encores every night. Um, and, you know, you never, as a musician, you never forget that kind of. That's unbelievable. Connect, yeah. Uh, that kind of connection with an audience, you know, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen has that with his audience for sure. And, you know, has that amazing rapport and, and I have been on stage with him a couple of times, but, you know, the Giles band I really did play with, we did. And uh, that was incredibly inspiring. Um, and then, 
you know, uh, I would say we we used to, when he was alive, we used to go down and sit in a lot with Les Paul, the great Les Paul. <gasps> oh, uh, nice. Yeah, he used yeah, to play, yeah. you know, yeah, he used to play all the time in New York City. And, uh, and we used to, you know, a few times a year go in and sit in with him. And just being on stage with a guy who um, kind of invented Guitar, oh yeah, definitely. You know, as it were, you and know, not at the, would, at the Iridium, right? At the Iridium. Yep, at the Iridium, and before that, he was mm-hmm. at at, at uh, Fat Tuesdays. That was another place a long time ago. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Um, and um, uh, you know, there there certainly have been uh, individual musicians that I played with that are awesomely inspiring. We we did a live album once at. Uh, the Lone Star Roadhouse, which is long gone, but that was a oh, great wow. nightclub in New I York. I remember hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the album was like a rhythm and blues review, but it featured um, people singing like Billy Vera and um, mm-hmm. Sissy Houston, you know uh, Whitney Houston's mother, and um, and on drums was. Um, Bernard Purdy and the great Richard T was playing keyboards on that. So we rehearsed and did this live album with all these great musicians. And Cornell Dupree was on guitar. Uh, these are some of the greatest musicians I ever played with. So every time that happened in my life, I, I was always open to the inspiration. It was just like a, a great experience. I could take something away, away from it that would inspire me going forward, you know? Um, so I would say that goes back to when I first started and out playing. And uh, even when I was back in Michigan and Detroit, uh, some of my first gigs with professional, you know, well-known people were blues guys and gals. Mm-hmm. You know? Ooh, so, yeah. So um, I played with Albert King in Detroit. I played, um, you know, with uh, all kinds of local blues people. Um and then many years later, with the Uptown Horns, we did two albums and toured with um, Albert Collins, who was, mm-hmm. you know, really one of the greatest blues men of all time, up, right up there with Muddy Waters, you know. So being on the road with him and in the studio, and then we wrote two songs for him on our album that we did, the Uptown Horns. Incredible, incredible inspiration being around someone like that, you know. Um, oh, I can imagine. And you then know, on the other side, wanna... on the other side of oh, music, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we worked with worked with for a long time with um, uh, Buster Poindexter when he oh, was yeah. David Johansson. And from the very beginning of when he had the idea, to, David had the idea to become this character and do music. We were there, and um, besides, you know, being, you know incredibly gifted songwriter he's about the funniest guy i ever worked with so that was a different kind of inspiration you know um he always kept us in stitches so yeah you know it uh i don't think it was any one inspiration so many inspirations and i still look forward to to more well you know what i wanted to ask you as you were growing up and you said you played clarinet and uh, that was really your introduction to music, who were your mentors when you were growing up and uh, what kind of music were you listening to? 
as you were, you know, well, a young adult. When I was little, uh, mm-hmm. growing up in in Detroit and Chicago, first Chicago and then Detroit, um, I I actually grew up the first five or six years of my life in downtown Chicago, and it was fairly mm-hmm. near Maxwell Street, uh, in an apartment building, a town and garden apartments, and uh, my parents used to take me over to Maxwell Street, which is where, you know, way back then, that's when um, all the blues people who came up from the South would actually play in the street. Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. when I was very little, I saw um, and heard that kind of thing. You know, I can barely remember, but I know it had, it seeped into me, you know. Um, And then uh, my parents, uh, when they saw I had an interest in music when I was a kid, they would, you know, make sure that I, they, you know, my father used to take me to hear uh, jazz people in Detroit. Um, and my mother, you know, made sure that I, you know, had a little bit of exposure to classical music and opera. Um, so uh, I would say when I, once I started, you know, list, you know, really being able to listen to records, I, I was attracted to all forms of root, roots music, um, blues, gospel, um, really early country, and then jazz. Uh, I really liked mm-hmm. jazz growing up. Uh, I loved Oscar Peterson and Benny Goodman. You know, just all kinds of. Mm-hmm. Even before I was really playing, I just loved listening to um, all kinds of roots music. And then the radio. My father worked in. Uh, Kind of in the radio and TV business in terms of oh, getting really? advertising. Yeah, he worked in terms of adver- in with a company uh, getting advertising for representing you know radio and TV stations. So he would always take oh, me on cool. the road. Yeah, he took me on the road with him on business oh, trips wow. when I was little. Aww. So I would grow up going around to TV and radio stations. And when it was radio stations, he would introduce me to DJs. Um, so in Detroit, there was a famous DJ named Robin Seymour in the early mm-hmm. 60s, and uh, he had, like, the local TV show with music, you know, like the Dick, Dick Clark, but, but local, you know? Yeah. And uh-huh. I used to go, he used to take, let me go to that show, and um, oh, wow. a couple, couple times I, you know, got to sit in the booth with him when he was doing his show. So I always really listen to the How radio. How cool is that? Yeah. So yeah, you, really so you have a pure appreciation of knowing what it's like to run a studio and uh, all these different things. Yeah, like so today for me it was uh, a little tech problem, you know, because we're in such <laughs> yeah. a digital – no, cause, because everything's so digitalized now, you yep. know, and, um, yep. you know, that's like something that uh, Spencer and I had recently had a conversation about. We were talking about digital music as and vinyl and also – you know, um, DVDs as compared to the actual movies when you go out to a cinema, right. seeing right. it, books, holding books, real books in your hand. Real I books, think so. Yeah. The, I, I, yeah, really, seriously, nobody nobody knows what, the, what that's <laughs> like anymore. It's crazy. But, you know, I think that, you know, we're going back to the beginning again for some reason. There's a reemergence of vinyl, which... I know Spencer's really involved in and myself. Uh, we love right. vinyl, and uh, um, 
you know. Yeah, vinyl is really so different. CDs are going away, but vinyl's growing. You know, the sales of vinyl. I know. You know, there's one. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. One other area you asked about inspiration. One thing that really did inspire me once I got Mm -hmm. to, uh, well, starting in high school, but especially in college. when I was that age, was the scene with music in Detroit and, and the Detroit area, Ann Arbor and Detroit, southeastern mm-hmm. Michigan. Oh, yeah. Because what, what was going on at the, all at the same time was, um, well, Motown. You know, I was really there for when Motown took off. Big time. So I could go see. Wow. With my friends in high school, like uh, James Montgomery and our buddies, we could go take the bus downtown and go to the Fox Theater and for five dollars, we could see the Mo- the Motown review, and I'm talking about the Supreme, really Temptation. Are you kidding? Junior Walker and the All Stars. Yeah. Are you we were serious? Like, we were like oh. 12 and 13, you know. But at the same time, I was there for the um, explosion of rock and roll there. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and blues. I mean, Detroit was a big blues town for going to hear that. But when rock and roll really kicked in. You know, I would see Mitch Ryder in the Detroit Wheels live, you know, and I got to be friends with him. And a lot of the people mm-hmm. I met in those years really encouraged me, even if they were, like, you know, pretty well-known people. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I was friends with Wayne Kramer from the MC5. Oh, really? And I'm still uh-huh. in touch with him. And, he, you know, I was really, when I really decided to commit to, to doing music, I was just starting out, but people like that really encouraged me, and they, you know, I would jam with them. Um, later, when I was in a band there, we used to open for um, Bob Seger um, and the oh, really? band in bars. You know, wow. when he was still playing bars, he was before he mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. hit big. And he, you know, he was really encouraging. He was like, you know, super positive and Amazing. if he liked if he yeah. liked the music, he would be very open and, and helpful. He's, he used to tell promoters to have us open for him. Um, and you know, I met um, Iggy back then. Um, his mm-hmm. sa- his his longtime sa- Iggy's longtime sax player was a guy named Steve McKay, who just passed away okay. A, okay. a year and a yeah. half ago. But we went mm-hmm. to college together at University of Michigan, and he was in the art school, but he had played sax since he was a kid, and he was really good. And so when he got he got hired by Iggy to be in the Stooges, Iggy and the Stooges, and Steve really encouraged me. And we stayed friends all through our, you know, all this time, you know, until he passed away. Uh, so all these things that were going on around me, um, at least back in those days, all these people really encouraged me to to do it, you know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. and that left a big impression on me. You know, I don't I'm not sure I would have continued Oh, I can imagine. If I hadn't had that kind of encouragement from people I respected and jazz players too that I knew then in in Detroit and Ann Arbor who were still there, um were very encouraged encouraging and I studied saxophone with a couple of them and when I went to Wayne State University in Detroit, I studied with a great sax teacher um, who was there then. Um, and then in uh, when I went to school in Boston at the Berkeley School of Music, I studied with Joe Viola, who was a great, great, great sax teacher. And then when I came to New York, I studied with um, a man who passed away, but Joe Allard, who was really 
who mm-hmm. played clarinet under Toscanini, and he taught John Coltrane and Mike Brecker. Oh, wow. So, How so these, cool is that? All these things really, as I was trying to learn the instrument and, and learn, you know, and get deeper into music, all these things mm-hmm. were very, very uh, inspiring. You know, oh, and then, sure, I can imagine. And also with the Uptown Horns, you know, we we always used to try and inspire each other, you know. Um, oh, so sure. So all, all four of us do um, arranging music as well as playing. So we recently, mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, did a, an album with a, a producer we've worked with before, a great producer named Don Dixon. Um, okay. Who produced, he's also a, singer songwriter with his wife marty jones and he produced uh rem a bunch of their albums you know who oh we wow did, we did play on one album um with rem but mm-hmm. he called us to do this record uh a couple of months ago when we did it right around here in connecticut at a great studio and uh it was a whole album of 12 songs and we just divided up you know three songs each uh for the four of us and you know, when we were done, I talked with uh, this producer, and he said he loved the arrangements by all of us, you know, all 12 songs. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, we wrote the horn parts and then we recorded them. Um, so that was always something that we tried to learn from each other about arranging and, you know, mm-hmm. and actually writing, you know, horn parts. So, is that you know, going to be released, too? Is that, yeah, well, is that by a guy named, It's by released? a guy named John Rooney who is a, mm-hmm. a pretty well-known recording artist in Australia. So I'm not sure it's going to get released mm-hmm. here. Um, however, the, so I'm not, sh- I don't, it's not out yet there, but it will be soon. But they did the, they did the rhythm section recording in Los Angeles with um, uh, Don Was played bass. and uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, the drummer from the Traveling Wilburys, Great, oh, great nice. Summer. And, um, you know, uh, you know, some great, great rhythm section musicians. Um, mm-hmm. So it might get released at some point, you know. Um, oh, well, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to have you back when that comes back out because this sure. is super, super cool. Um, I mean, all this, all this great, amazing history. I mean... I can't believe you were there when Motown exploded and you used to be able to go down. <laughs> Just sit yeah, and that was, listen to the well, music. I remember once, once when I was 16, I went to the with some friends to the Michigan State Fair, which was mm-hmm. on Woodward Avenue, you know, in Detroit. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it was the big state fair. And, um, and, of course, they had like a big live show. And I remember seeing... Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, you know, when they were, when they had their hits out, and um, Smokey mm-hmm. Robinson, Smokey Robinson. Oh, wow. And uh, um, what was Ted Nugent's band? Uh, oh, the Amboy Dukes. Um, yeah. You know, just uh, all, on, all on a bill, you know, so you just you paid your little admission to the Michigan State Fair and you saw all That's these great That's unbelievable. You know. That's yeah. just unbelievable. What a great what a great way to spend your summer and your and your nights, say. you know. I mean, wow. That's just yep. great. So, um I'm very grateful to, you know, have uh 
you know, had the chance to be able to do music. You know, that's been a wonderful thing in, in life for me. It's a good outlet for you, huh? It's like, you know, how some people, they just all have a different emotional outlets, and this is really good. Good, And then also your incorporation of your talent and your knowledge of how to create these events, like when you did, um, you know, the Kennedy Center stuff and right. all that. Right. I mean, that's so well, integral, you know. Well, you know, I think uh... – I mean, I did. I have studied music, but also just you know tried to stay open to the experience uh, of what I do all the time and and try and learn, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that I, that's been the best way for me to keep growing with it, you know. No, well, I think that's great. So um, we've given out your website. Let's give it out again, really, really quickly to our listeners. And if you missed the beginning of the show, guys, it will be on iTunes afterwards and on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio on demand. You can listen to it. And uh, let's the, give the your website out again. And we are going to play it. Dot com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, the song, you're, are you going to play uh, Start It Up? Yeah, I'm going to play Start It Up. Yep, I'm going to end okay. our show with that. So let's talk that's, about that. That's the first song on our on the Cracked Ice album. The album is called Soul Noir. And again, it's Brent Carter and Susan Diedrichson on vocals. And uh, it's really, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't have, you know, won't explain, nothing to explain. It's, it's, it talks for itself, you know, but uh you know, that's I've had a, a lifelong uh, great love of, among other things, rhythm and blues. So, you know, that's a little tribute to that Stax record. Yeah, well, like that. that's awesome. Well, let's go into that. And I want to again thank you so much. And um, I will say to my co-host that's out, that that will be listening to this later. We missed you. And yeah. uh, Spencer and I will be back next Friday. And, um, I, again, Crispin, I would love to have you back um, when you have this new release, if it, you know, makes its way over here to the States. And yeah. Plus, I'd yeah. love to have you back when uh, Spencer can be on here and we can all talk a little bit about the record album covers. And yes. I know he's working on a few different things as well as myself. There's a lot of film stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, it's Friday, guys. Don't drink and drive. Bless you. And uh, with that, we're going to end our show with um, Start It Up. And, uh, Crispin, did you have anything more you wanted to add to this interview before we end? Um, no, it's been great talking with you, Holly. Um, and, yeah. You know, I hope uh, Spencer, you know, is is uh, bouncing right back, you know. Um, oh, yeah, no, and, he's cool. Good. Uh, and yeah. uh, I, you know, hope to... Uh, to see many listeners who, who might be hearing this uh, at some musical event soon that I'm doing. Oh, that's awesome. And again, make sure you go to Crispin Music and uh, check out at C-R-I-S-P-I-N-M-U-S-I-C.com. Right, exactly. And uh, check out the different um, clips there, and you can also check out 
Did you say that you had the movie a movie clip on there of the David Johansson uh, track that we were trying uh, to play well, today? It's, it's a video. It's a video of the song okay. Space Monkey, and it's on YouTube. Cool. It just if you just type in Space Monkey David Johansson, that's the song I I co-wrote and uh, produced um, from the yeah. film last call. Go check it out, guys, and give it a thumbs up. And also, Kristen is also on Facebook, C-R-I-S-P-I-N-C-I-O-E. C-I-O-E is yes. Yeah, and you are also on Instagram. I know that. I am. And you're on Twitter, I believe, as well. So I am on Twitter. Go yeah, so guys, go check it out. And uh, with that, we're going to play Start It Up I don't tweet again. As, I don't tweet as much as tweet. our president, but I you know, oh, occasionally do. Yeah, <laughs> well, as long as you're not on any tirade, I don't care. I'll no, read it. I am but, not. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> but with that, okay. um, again, it's Friday. Enjoy the, um, well, I hope it's a nice weather where you are. Is, is it warmer? It is where you are right it now? It is. It just Good. got warmer today. It just got warmer today. Did it? See? Yeah. Spring Beautiful. is coming. I think it so. is. All right. Okay, with that, let's start it up. Start it up spring, right? Okay. Here we go. Yes. All right. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Holly. Bye-bye. You're welcome.